Welcome to the Viva Young Adults podcast. We're the Young Adults Ministry of Viva Church, and we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're already a part of YA or a guest with us today, we hope that what's shared encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. God is good. Listen, I just want to say this tonight. How many of you guys enjoyed being here tonight? How many of you guys enjoyed the worship? Come on, they did a great job. Good job, guys, so much. Thank you. Thank you. But listen, you know, I say this every time we meet, but listen, young adults, Viva Young Adults, this, this is not what this is about. Viva Church is what this is about. This is not a separate ministry. This is not something that we kind of do on our own, but this is something that we're a part of, something much greater. And it, listen, if you come on Young Adults Night and this is your church and it should be your church if you're coming out, if you're visiting, that's great. That's awesome. But listen, you best get plugged in. So if you're coming on Young Adults Night here at, at, on Sunday night once a month, listen, you know, and some people will say, how, how come you don't have this more often? We do. It's called Sunday morning service. So you just got to come on Sunday morning and be a part of what, you know, God is doing here in this place. And uh, talking about Sunday morning, wasn't Pastor Ryan's message phenomenal this morning? Man, we have Pastor Ryan McVitie tonight, uh, this morning from the river, and uh, just absolutely killed it. Did a phenomenal job. Uh, I, I do want to thank you guys so much for all you guys that are coming in and, and, and you know, and, and being patient with us as we're trying to find seats in the building because we have run out of chairs. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, there's a chair there. There's a chair there. If any of you guys are looking for chairs, uh, there's some there. Oh, there's a few more stools and stuff back there. So thank you so much for being patient with us as we're uh, trying to find seats. That's a good problem to have. So um, that is great. But okay, tonight I want to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart and actually very near and dear to your heart as well. The reason why I'm preaching this, and I have preached this before, not here at Young Adults, but I have preached this. I wrote this message in 2018, I think it was. It might have been even earlier, but around that time. And I just, as I was praying, getting ready for the last, you know, two months for tonight, I just really felt on my heart, really impressed on my heart to uh, share this word again. And I've, I'm going to be sharing this word uh, due to a little... Uh, um, uh, was the word, due to an observation that I've seen in our generation. And interestingly enough, as people kept asking me in you know, the last few weeks, hey, what are you preaching on at Young Adults? And, and, and I would say on time management. And the, you, like the, 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 the response across the board was, ooh, yeah, I need that. And oh, what are you preaching on tonight? Ooh, yeah, that, that's for me. And that seemed to be like the, the, the reoccurring theme. So I believe that God is using me tonight and, uh, and I hope that you're being blessed tonight. Now, like I said, this message is actually, there's nothing like theologically like mind-blowing. For some of you, it might be, I don't know. But it's, it's, I'm not coming tonight with like some crazy mind-blowing theology, but I, this is very practical. But if you would really get the heart of what's being said tonight, it could absolutely change your life because I believe we've been lied to as a generation. We have been lied to as a generation my generation especially, but your generation especially as well. I'm much older than most of you guys. But the reality is, is that we've been fed lies and unfortunately we've believed these lies. So tonight I want to share on the subject of, if you're taking notes, the title of my message tonight is Redeeming the Time, Five Lies About Time Management. Five Lies About Time Management. And I believe that we've been fed lies, we've been told lies, but more importantly, unfortunately, we believe these lies. So tonight, I'm going to expose these five things and hopefully kind of give you some little bit of a remedy on how to combat those 
thing. So I want to share this morning, no, this evening, this whenever time it is, uh, out of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. If you didn't bring your Bible, uh, no worries. We got the screens right there. Uh, I did these slides like last minute. So if they're messed up, it's not their fault. It's mine. I just want to take full ownership of that right here, right now. So I'm going to share this verse, these verses in three separate translations. Well, two translations and one paraphrase because the message is not a translation. So here it is. And the New Living Translation, the first one says this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Verse 16, make the most of every opportunity. Everybody say, make the, most make the most out of every opportunity in these evil days. Verse 17, and don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And the New King James Version uh, says this. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. Did I say that right, honey? Yeah, that, okay. Um, She's an English major. I am clearly not. Uh, not as fools, but uh, as the wise. Redeeming the time. Everybody say redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And the message paraphrase puts it like this. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly, making sure that you understand what the master wants. And I think that as a generation, we've been fed lies. And I'm here tonight to expose those lies. And I feel like, you know, how many of you guys, you just feel like your schedule, your schedule just seems to be out of your hands. Like you look at your schedule, like, man, like, man, I just don't have enough time. Like, where's my time gone? I just feel like I don't have enough time. I feel like it's, it's great. My schedule's crazy. You feel like overwhelmed. How many people feel overwhelmed tonight? Let's be honest. Cool, a few honest people. Beautiful. Okay, cool. Uh, but I'm going to just quickly jump right into it. I'm going to share five lies that we believe or have been told tonight. And the first one is this. You've got plenty of time. Every day you live is a day closer to death. So I just wanted to put out. It's not in my notes. I just felt like saying that. Um, but, you know... <laughs> But sometimes we're faced with situations and, you know, we're told, hey, don't worry about it. You're still young. You know, I'll worry about that when I'm older. You know, YOLO. You know, I think that's the biggest lie we've been told. YOLO. Which is weird because it stands for you only live once, yet people use that to be stupid. You only live once, so do something dumb. Like, have you ever thought about the, 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 the implications of that YOLO? I love, uh, I don't listen to them, but this song is good, uh, by uh, Lonely Island. Is it Lonely Island? Uh, yeah, YOLO, you ought to look out. So funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> man, we should, I should put that on there. Jacob's always asking me, you know, is it cool to put memes in messages? Uh, yeah, I could put that video. But 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 says, don't, think, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. <clears throat> but be an example. <clears throat> Sorry, to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, and the way you love, and the way you live out your faith, and the way you believe, and your purity. See, Paul is saying to Timothy here, he says, listen, you might be young, but your age should never be an excuse. You know, I tell this to youth all the time. It says, listen, your age should never be a reason that you use for you to be stupid. Your age should never be an excuse for you to do something stupid or to be stupid. 
Our age should be a testimony, not an excuse. People should be looking at you and be like, man, you're so on fire for Jesus. Yeah, you're so young. Not, wow, you're so young and you're so dumb. But yeah, so many times we use our age to, man, I, I, I'm still young. I'll, you know, I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. Listen, you actually don't have that much time. Life on earth is but a vapor. That's what the Bible says. Read the book of Ecclesiastes. Very depressing. But, you know, hey, life is but a vapor. In, in light of eternity, what is this? What is this? You know, the biggest lie that we can tell ourselves is, you know, uh, you know, and that can really destroy our future without ever knowing is the idea of when I'm older, then. Or when I'm married, then. Or when I'm done school, then. You know, when I'm older, I'll work on that. When I'm older, I'll take this more seriously. When, you know, when I'm older, I'll get my, you know, when I'm married, then I'll get my devotional life in order. When I'm married, then I'll get my purity life in order. <laughs> Why wait for tomorrow in regards to the things that you can work on today? Don't. See, one thing that I shared with the VC students all the time is in, in regards to this idea of the gift of singleness. You know, people have this concept and idea that the gift of singleness is a God-given grace or God-given ability for you to remain a strength from God for you to remain single for the rest of your life. No. Do you know what the gift of singleness is? You being single. For some of you, it was like, what? So sorry, I did lie. I said I wasn't going to bring anything theologically deep, but for some of you, that's like, what? See, the problem is, is that, you know, there are certain things that you can do as a single person that you will no longer be able to do as a married person. That is the gift. And there are certain things that, you know, how do you know you have the gift of singleness? You're single. How do you know you got the gift of marriage? You're married. Why? Because there are certain things you can do as a single person that you can't do as a married person and vice versa. There's certain things, certain things that you can do as a, married, as, as, as a married couple that you can't do single. And there's strength in both, and there's beauty in both. The problem lies in that many people are wasting away the gift of singleness that God has given them by spending every moment wishing they were married. Don't waste your singleness away. Don't wait for tomorrow what you can do today. See, the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to relationships is, God, bring me the one. First of all, there's no such thing as the one. But God, give me the one. Or God, bring me, the, 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 bring me that perfect person that I'll fall in love with and that will just fall in love with me. Just bring him, God. Bring him. Bring him. God, just bring him. Please bring him. And we spend so much time begging God to bring someone when God is saying, I'm waiting for you to be ready. I'm waiting for you to be the someone for someone. Don't waste your time, especially in your singleness, wishing you were married. But because here's the thing, once you do get married, and hopefully you do, if that's God's will for your life, it's not God's will for everybody's life, okay? But it, it, is, it is, you know, for, for, for some of you, God will give you the strength to remain single if that's what he's called you to. Because again, there's certain things you can do as a single person that you can't do as a married people. And the, the problem lies in when people try to do Christianity and ministry as a single person, or, or, or they're trying to do what a single person should do, but they're married. And then that's why you see so many people in ministry divorcing and, and whatever. Don't waste your singleness away. 
But here's the thing. If you actually begin to invest your time in, work, in allowing God to work on yourself, things like Viva College, stretching you and working on your character, working on your patience and all that kind of stuff, guess what? When you do get in a relationship, you know, it's going to be that much easier. Why? The healthy, the, 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 the relationship as a couple will be much healthier if you yourself are a healthy individual. But people are more concerned about wanting to get married than wanting to become Christ-like. Make your goal Christ-like, and guess what? It's just a matter of time till that person shows up. Because Jesus is very attractive. I'll say that. So listen, boys, if you want that beautiful girl, set yourself on fire for Jesus. Ladies, do not shoot beneath what you're worth. Go for a godly man. A man like Jesus. Why? Because the Bible clearly states, husband, treat your wives like Christ loved the church, being willing to lay down his life for her. This is not about dating. I don't know how I got here. Um, <laughs> I feel like some of you needed that. That's a free one. Uh, okay. Um, I was, uh, yeah. Your future is not just something that's out there. Your future is not something that's like over there, out there. Your future is now. Tomorrow's success starts right now. In fact, tomorrow's success is fully dependent on today's disciplines. You want to have a good day tomorrow? Go to bed early tonight. Tomorrow's success starts tonight. That one's done. <laughs> Who you are now will be who, will you, who you will be in the future unless you do something about it. I, I love what one of my professors said, Kel Mullman. He says this, the disciplines that you learn when you are young will actually carry and protect you when you're old. Don't wait until then to change. Allow the change to happen today so you can thrive then in your marriage and all of those things. Number two, if only I had more time. That's one of the big ones. That's, that's one of the bigger ones. I'm going to pick that up. One of the bigger ones. Psalm 90, verses 12 says this. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. See, once you start to realize how short your time actually is, maybe, just maybe, you'll start to actually use it wisely. I think one of the reasons why people waste time away is because they don't realize how little of it they actually do have. So one of the lies is that we've got plenty of time and we just kind of push things back down. But the other side of it is that if only I had more time. See, once you realize how fleeting and short time really is, you'll begin to actually understand its value and start to become wise in, what, in doing what you, uh, uh, in, in how you treat that, the time that you do have. You know, it's not about making time or having more time. It's about learning to be wise with the time that you do have. See, no one can steal your attention. No one can steal your time. This is something that you choose to give to whoever or whatever matters to you most. It all really comes down to this. It's not an issue of time. It's an issue of management. Because you will always have time for what matters most to you. See, it doesn't actually matter what you say. What you do matters way more. Why? Because what you do will always prove the reality of things, whether or not you say it. Well, my devotional life is very important to me. That's great. Do you have one? The word of God is very important to me. That's great. Do you read it? Church is very important to me. That's great. Do you show up? 
Small group is very important. That's great. I haven't seen you in a month. What you say and what you, it doesn't matter what you say, what you do will always prove what really matters to you. Well, you know, Pastor Phil, this, this was most evident to me in the middle of COVID. You know, I don't have time. I don't have time. You know, I wish I had more time. I could read my Bible. I wish I had more time. I could pray. And then these kids are out of school and, and everything's locked down, whatever. It's like, great. How's your prayer? It must be thriving now. It's like, no, nah, I'm just, I'm really struggling. So then the issue wasn't an issue of time because you've got all the time in the world right now and you're still not doing it. So stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to everyone around you. And prayer actually really doesn't matter to you. Because it's not an issue of time, it's an issue of management. It's a, an issue of priorities. It's an issue of value, what matters to you. You will always do what matters to you most. It doesn't matter if you say that the word is your top priority. If you're spending 15 minutes in the word, but three hours on Instagram scrolling, guess what? Your priority is actually Instagram, not the word. Is, it, is this okay? Is anybody getting offended yet? I'm... Um, no one answered, so oh, that's okay. I'll just I'll keep going. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Um, where was I? See, here's the reality, and th- this kind of really hit me with like a, like a ton of bricks. You know, I'm 37 years old, and I'm like, you know, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I I like to you know look at other pastors and what they're doing, and you know, following them on Instagram. I haven't been on Instagram for like months, but um, you know, I but you know, I follow some of them and and kind of see what they're doing. It's like, oh, so and so is speaking to like 10,000 people. That's great. You know, so and so is doing this, or so and so is doing that. They're doing these conferences. They're writing books. They're doing this, and you know, and all these kind of things. And I look at myself. I'm like, well, what the heck am I doing? What the heck am I doing? You know, because sometimes we seem to have this idea that, man, they just have so many things much more in order in their life. But the reality is what, the, the, the truth that really hits me is that I have 168 hours a week. You know who else has 168 hours a week? Jeff Bezos. Bill Gates. The Tesla dude, Elon Musk. You know, the, the Zuckerberg guy, Mark Zuckerberg, whatever his name is. You know, and you know who else has 168 hours? The person sitting right next to you. So the issue is not the amount of hours you have, but what you choose to do with those hours. It's easy to look at the guy that's really buff and be like, well, you know, if I looked like him, you know, if, you know, if, if I looked like, you know, Jonah over here and, you know, uh, no, next. Uh, if I look like David over here, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, but we can look at a very buff guy and think, man, you know, if I had his physique or whatever. Okay, well, what are you doing at 5 a.m. while they're at the gym grinding? While they're at the gym, you know, pumping iron and doing whatever. You know, we, we, we're, we're, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, um, but what you do with those 168 hours is what really makes the difference. You know, but, you know, it's, it's, don't get angry at the end of the day if your life looks different because you might be using your 168 hours a week differently than they are, right? You know, I like when, I don't remember who said this. It was either Chad Veach or uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr., one of those two guys that were having kind of a, a table talk, and, and one, of these, one of these guys anyway said this, says, we are quick to compare results, but we forget to compare grind. You know, it's like sometimes we, we, we look at what people have done, what people have accomplished, but we don't really factor in the cost they've paid to get there. And while we're comparing, man, I wish I was there, God is saying, are you willing to do what they did to get there? 
So don't complain that you're not where you want to be. Are you willing to do what needs to be done in order to get there? We all want the results, but none of us are willing to pay the cost. Right? Got to be willing to pay the cost. And a lot of that comes into how you use your time. Number three, your no means no and your yes means yes. Here's a little reality check. Your yes actually means no and your no actually means yes. You say yes to someone. Let me paint a picture for you. If I say Yes, I'm going to have a meeting tomorrow at 5 p.m. with you for two hours. I've just inadvertently said no to my, having dinner with my wife and my kids. Do you guys see what I'm saying? So your yes means no and your no means yes. To say no to Alex is to remain open to be able to have dinner with my family. Be careful with the choices that you make. Be careful with the choices that you make. It's all about finding out what really matters to you who or what, and then making that a priority. Just because you can, here's something that saved my can more than once. Just because you can or want to do something doesn't mean you should do it. See, you are the one that is in charge of your schedule. You are the one that makes the decision as to where you choose to allot your time. No one else. No one else. So if your schedule seems like it's getting out of your hands, guess what? Begin to take it back and begin to say no to things so that you can say yes to other things. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. But uh, Abraham Lincoln said this. It says, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. You might really want that donut right now, but is that going to give you the body or the physique or the healthy whatever that you're really actually trying to attain? And I know discipline is not something that's really popular nowadays. We don't really talk about that because we all kind of suck at it. But... You know, so no one wants to be like, you know, like, I don't want to talk about it because I'm not that good at it. Listen, I'm not that good at it, but I'll still talk about it. Why? Because it's important. It's important. And I guess, listen, I'm not just talking about some nice, you know, TED Talk style thing. I'm actually going somewhere with this because here's the reality. I believe that God wants to use way more people than he is right now. But some of you are just too busy to be used by God. And, bef- and we're saying, God, use me. God, use me. And he's saying, I can't. You're too busy. God, use me. God, use me. When? If you learn to actually begin to put your schedule in order and actually create to begin, begin to be intentional about your time and saying, God, I'm giving you this time. And, and, and if you first realize that it's not your time. See, the moment that you said, yes, Jesus, I accept your forgiveness and I want to live for you. Guess what you just did, too? God, my schedule is yours. My money is yours. My time is yours. But yeah, we want to give our lives to God, but we don't want to give him our schedule. We want to give our lives to God. We want to go to heaven, but we don't want him to have a say in what we do, when we do, where we do, with who. You can't pick and choose, man. This is not, you know, this is not the Mandarin. It's not a buffet. You don't get to pick and choose. You got to eat what's right in front of you. Right? We all want Jesus to be Savior, but he doesn't just want to be our Savior. He wants to be our Lord, too. That means he owns you. That means he calls the shot, not you. We all want to go to heaven, but, you know, you can, you can, you know, you can have me when on the other side. No, he wants you now on this side. Amen? Is this touching home for some of you? Good. Want me to keep going? Good. Oh, even if you said no, I'd still go, keep going anyway. So, uh, number four, they're doing it. Why can't you? <laughs> there you go. This is hitting home right there. The lies that you should be able to do it all, and you should be ashamed if you can't. See, who you are now will be who you will be in the future. Nope, I already said that page. This side. 
Sometimes the problem is not lack of capacity, but lack of wisdom. Sometimes the problem is not, no, wrong side, this side. The lie, <laughs> I, listen, I even put numbers at the bottom of my pages and I'm still confused. Uh, yeah, so the, page five, yeah, thanks. Thank you, sir. If you call a student, represent. Uh, <clears throat> this is your teacher, everybody. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the lies that you should be able to do, it, to do it all and you should be ashamed if you can't. See, this lie, I think, is what's really killing our generation. We see other people accomplish great things on their Instagram and think, wow, their life is so awesome and full of fun. And Wow, that, you know, it's like, hey, look at me. I'm getting paid to travel the world. What are you doing with your boring life? You know, we see these, these people, you know, transforming their vans and, you know, just Instagramming their whole entire life, and they're miserable, but they're never going to put that on Instagram. See, what you don't realize is, you know, you become depressed and, because you can't achieve what they've achieved. But what, the, what you don't realize, the reality is that they haven't really achieved anything, but simply fooled you into thinking that they've, they're actually living the life. You know who's living the life? Those that are fully obedient to Jesus Christ. That, see, it's all about what life is really about. Is it about, you know, being famous or popular or is it about being obedient to the word? It's all about the, you know, I've been, we've been going about this, you know, a lot at Viva College. You know, what is the definition of success? When it comes to ministry, when it comes to Christianity, what, 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 what does success mean? Is it numbers? How many people we can pack out in this basement until we can't stand the stinkiness anymore and the sweat and all that stuff until we have to put the AC so low that, you know, we can't keep up with it? No, it's, it's not about numbers. Success is not about results. See, to today's standards, Jesus was actually a, like a failure. All he could actually keep around was 12 dudes, and one of them betrayed him. Think about it. See, success is not results. Success is not numbers. Success lies in one little word called obedience. And I was sharing this with the team earlier. In reality, according to today's success, definition of success, every single prophet was a failure. People didn't listen to them. People stoned them. People killed them. People turned their back on them. People called the nutcases. All that kind of stuff. So they were technically a failure to, the, to today's standards, but the reality is that they, they were actually very successful. Why? They were obedient to do what God had called them to do. That's what really matters. Again, all you have is 24 hours a day. So it's not about becoming or doing what everyone else is doing, but recognizing what actually matters to you, what, value, what you value most in life, and then give yourself to that. Comparison is a deadly game to play because comparison never actually gives you the full picture. We simply compare ourselves to specific parts of other people's lives, not the whole thing. See, I love what another quote that my professor said says, you will only ever find fulfillment once you stop trying to be what God created someone else to be and start being who God created you to be. And sometimes the best way to figure out who you were created to be is to accept what you weren't created to be. And to do with your time what God has called you to do with your time, not what someone else is. Uh, what God has called someone else to do. And, and the last one is this, number five. If you want to achieve something in your life, just add it to your schedule. This is a very dangerous lie because this is one of the reasons why I personally I, I, I think that depression and anxiety and the concept of burnout is so prevalent in our generation today. The problem is not that we're not doing enough. In fact, I would beg to defer and say that the problem is that we're doing too much. 
It's not that, and, 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 and I, let me encourage you tonight. It's not that you're not doing enough. I would say that you're doing too much. Now, let me bring some direction to that. You're doing too much of the wrong things. See, we have this whole concept of, you know, uh, uh, um, like, I'll say that in a second. Um, you know, it's not about simply adding things to our already overpacked schedule, but rather making the hard decisions to cut out what needs to be cut out so that we can have time for what actually matters in our life. You know, for me, and, and I share that message, and for you guys that want to go on, on, on Spotify, if you haven't heard it, I preached last year in May about, you know, a, a quote that I found from uh, Viktor Frankl, which says, those who lack purpose or those without meaning in life try to distract themselves with pleasures. And for me, that pleasure was video games. And I, I just so, like, a lot of my life revolved around that. And it's not until I really began to realize, okay, I just spent 67 hours on this game. You know, what if I spent 67 hours, you know, spending time with my wife? How better would my marriage be? What if I spent 67 hours reading the word? How, how deeper would I be in, in the relationship with God? What if, what if I spent those 67 hours praying? Or spending time with my kids, investing in their lives, right? And many of us, you know, we're told, man, just add it, just add it, just add it. But in order to be able, again, you only have 24 hours a day. You only have 168 hours a week. What, it's not about the amount of time. What you choose to do with that time is what matters most. And listen, we live in such a society that's all about entertainment. It's all about feel good. Do it if it feels good. It's okay, whatever. And we, we you know, like I said, we, we don't really, you know, really push on the idea of discipline. But listen, the word disciple comes out of the word discipline. A disciple is a disciplined student. And we're called to be a disciplined student of the word. We're called to be disciplined students of the, and, and but the problem is we want to be students without being disciplined. It doesn't work. You're going to be a bad student or a very ineffective student. You're not, not going to learn much. How many of you guys ever heard of the analogy, the analogy of, of um, oh, actually, sorry. Yeah, sometimes the problem is not a lack of capacity, but a lack of wisdom. You know, have you ever heard of this analogy where it's like, how many, how many plates can you spin? You know, I, again, I, I don't think that the, 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 the problem lies in how many plates we can spin the ability to spin plate but i think the fact is that we're wasting a lot of energy trying to keep up the wrong plates and what happens happening what ends up happening is that the plates that actually do matter end up suffering and end up falling to the ground and then we feel like oh man my life is in shambles my life is in, but listen you're trying to waste a lot of energy on things that don't actually really matter in the grand scheme of things you know people always ask me how do, how do you have time to read so many books because i don't spend the amount of time you do watching movies well, I don't spend the amount of time you do. And it's not about comparing or whatever, but people, and then so what people will do is like, oh, sure, I'll add reading books to my schedule. No, it doesn't just work that way. You got to cut something else out. That's how you're going to burn out. That's how you feel like you have no time left. You have no energy. You're trying to do too many things and some of them just don't matter. Our job should be to figure out what really matters, what really doesn't, and what can give and what, you know, what do I want to do that I'm not doing and what do I need to cut out so I can be doing what really matters. That's what we got to do. Again, not a popular message. You know, the bottom line is this. Let who you want to become tomorrow begin to dictate how you live your life today. And then go on making the changes that you need to do. 
So for example, if you're like, man, I want to get my prayer life in order. I want to be able to wake up at, you know, 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. and I want to spend one hour, I want to invest one hour in my spiritual life, praying and worshiping and and seeking God. That's great. Don't go to bed at 2 a.m. It's a bad idea. You're setting yourself up for failure. Go to bed at a reasonable time. You need eight hours of sleep, so figure out from when you want to wake up and then backtrack eight hours. It's that simple. Listen, some of you are literally burning the candle at both ends and you're saying, God, where are you? God, I don't feel it. God, I'm feeling depressed. Your life is out of whack. Your schedule is out of whack. It's going to take for you to make the hard decisions in order for you to really move forward. So why am I talking about time management tonight? Johnny Keys, you can go ahead and play something sweet there, buddy. You know, number one, well, it's clearly an issue in our world. Again, everybody that I talked to was like, ooh, that's going to be good, or ooh, I need that, or ooh, I'm not sure if I should show up, because that's going to hurt, because that's me. And the second reason is that God will have a really hard time using you and I if you know, and doing things through us and in us if we're not able to gain control of our time and give him access to that. See, one of the main reasons why I think evangelism is kind of, you know, dead in comparison to what it used to be in the past because we're too busy doing the wrong things. How can we give some of our time to evangelism and, and, and be intentional in reaching out with those around us if, you know, that are hurting, if we have no time to give in the first place? Again, it's not, a ma- it's not an issue of time. It's an issue of management. Figure out what really matters in your life. Figure out what re- you really want your life to be defined as. You know, my wife has this thing, uh, this, this kind of, of, of um, um, uh, this practice that she really promotes. And she says, write your eulogy. Write what you want people to say about you when you die at your funeral. And for some of you, it's like, well, that's, come on now, like, chillax um which is my response to her but um you know but the whole purpose is this figure out whatever it is that you want people to say about you he was a good father he was a good leader he was a great friend and then begin to change your life in order to line up with what it is that you want people to say about you well what is it that you want god to say about you when you die and then leave this earth and meet him to face to face well done good and faithful servant Are you living a life in such a way that portrays that very thing? Are you living in such a way that you you could be deemed a good and faithful servant in your time, in your finances, in your relationships? Again, Ephesians, just to bring this and wrap this full circle. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17 says, 15 to 17 says this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the Lord, what the, what the will of the Lord is. And I love how the message version says it, the message paraphrase says, you know, figure out what it is that the master wants. And for some of us, he's saying, I want some of your time. I want to be able to spend time with you. I want to be able to use you, but my hands are tied. And you're asking and begging me to use you, but you're so darn busy. 
could stand with me, please. this is not one of those messages where you're just like, okay, cool. And you walk out. This, this message begs a response. This word begs a, a, an action. Because I don't think anybody can listen to this and sit here and think, that's great, nothing's got to change. How many of you guys recognize that something will need to change in you after you leave tonight? I preach this and I'll be the first one to put my hand up. Why? Because we can always work on this. I wonder if there's anybody here and you say, man, I... Actually, let me do this first. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight, you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. You, 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 you know about him. You've heard about him. Maybe you don't even know. You just Someone just dragged you here tonight and like, I don't even know what the heck this was about. But here I am. I was, I was told there's going to be food at the end. So here you are. That's great. I'm glad you're here. But listen, life is a lot more than about fame. Life is a lot more than about followers. Life is a lot more than about likes. Life, life is about glorifying God with everything that we do. Life real fulfilling life is about living in such a way that God gets the glory if you want to find real fulfillment in life don't do what you want to do do what he wants you to do that and that alone will bring you fulfillment see people are getting into relationships and doing all sorts of stupid stuff for the, in, in, in the name and for the sake of trying to find fulfillment you're not going to find it anywhere else but in Jesus Christ that's just a reality I'm not going to sugarcoat it Listen, part of my story, man, I was suicidal, I was depressed to no end. All I wanted was to find a girlfriend, couldn't find one for the life of me. I'm not just trying to be funny, it was the stinking reality and it sucked. And, and you know, I was like, man, if, if I had a girlfriend, like all my buddies have a girlfriend, maybe I'd be happier, maybe this. Listen, you cannot find fulfillment or happiness or joy in any of those things. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm just looking for a reason to live. One more day. His name is Jesus Christ. He created you on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. And there's no better person to tell you what you were meant to do than the person that created you. And that's Jesus. So I wonder if there's anybody here tonight and you say, you know what, I recognize that the way I've been living my life, the way that I've been, you know, organizing my time is just not doing it. It's, it's, it's not bringing me the fulfillment that I, that I want. And maybe you're here tonight and you say, I, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I'm, I'm done doing it on my own. I'm done trying to figure it out on my own. I'm done trying to find fulfillment, uh, fulfillment and, and joy and all of these things with my, in my own efforts. I give up. I, I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, I wonder, is there anybody here tonight? I'm not, I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to, I don't want to just kind of call you out and point you out. But the reality is, is that if you're going to have, if you have a hard time, you know, raising your hand and, and, and making a choice in front of a room of believers, you're going to have a really hard time taking a stand for Jesus out there in the world with people that just don't care about God or don't want to have anything to do with God. People that will actually insult you for believing in God. This is a safe place. 
So I'm not trying to point it out or, or kind of expose you or anything like that, but I wonder, is there anybody here tonight you say, I want Jesus in my life. I want to I want to give my life to Jesus, and I want to live my life according to his plan, his will, and his schedule for my life. Is there anybody here tonight? Is there anybody here tonight? Jesus. You want to live the way you were created to live. On purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. Beautiful. So here's what we're going to do. I want us to pray together. Again, there's nothing special about this prayer. There's nothing magical about this prayer. It's just, I'm just putting into words what the decision that you've decided to do today. But the real proof is how you begin to live your life the moment you walk out of these doors. The moment that you say amen, how you live your life, that's what really matters. You're not saved. You're not a Christian just because you said a prayer. You're a Christian because you choose to follow Jesus in every aspect of your life, including your schedule. So let's say this prayer together. Dear dear Jesus, here I am. I acknowledge that I need you and I want you in my life. God, I need your help. God, I need your forgiveness. But I also accept the forgiveness that you made available for me when you died on the cross in my place. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I accept your forgiveness. And God, starting today, I want you to help me. If you created me, which I know you did, help me to live a life that is worthy of that. I'm going to need your help, God, to be like Jesus, to make good decisions like Jesus, to love people like Jesus. So thank you, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, beautiful. Thank you for listening to the message. We believe that we weren't meant to do life alone. So feel free to reach out by following and DMing us at UV Young Adults. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you know.